God bless you, my friend. Good morning. It's exciting to be here. I'm excited the rain came after we put the inflatables away. Thank you all that was here yesterday that helped put them out and roll them up and put them away. It's a blessing to be able to have that much help and get it done as quickly. I did get a new slide this year. I mean, I got it in 2019. It's new to you all. And um, when I ordered the new slide, I thought it said 525 pounds on the tag. Well, I misread it and it said 525 kilograms. And uh, it was 1,025 pounds. I was trying to downsize from my other slide, which was 880 pounds. I sort of went up. <laughs> so sometimes you got to learn to read and make sure you read what you, uh, the notes that you uh, see. But uh, thank you again for all the help and everything. Thank you for a great day yesterday. Man, it was a blessing to see all the people on the property. As I travel around the country, people, I talk to people about doing community days. And they say, well, we don't have it. And I always say, well, call Pastor Henry at Fostoria Baptist Church. I said, they've got it down to a science. Uh, And uh, I don't know if they ever call you preacher, but I tell them to call you. Because you all have a tremendous program here and, and people could learn from it. If you would, please open up to Mark chapter 2. And if you would, please stand in respect of reading God's Word. Mark chapter 2. Beginning with verse 1, it says that again, He entered into Capernaum after some days. And it was noise that He was in the house. And straightway many were gathered together, insomuch there was no room to receive them. No, not so much about the door. And he preached the word unto them. And they came unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born afore. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was. And when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Thy son be forgiven thee. Thy sins be forgiven thee. And there was certain of the scribes sitting there reasoning in their hearts. Why did this man thus speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but but God only? And immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reasoned with themselves, he said unto them, Why reason ye these things in your hearts? Whether it is easier to say to the sick of the palsy, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Arise, and take up thy bed, and walk. But that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise, and take up thy bed, go thy way into thine house. And immediately he arose, took up the bed, went forth before them all, insomuch that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, we've never saw it on this fashion. Father in heaven, thank you for this wonderful day that you've given us. Thank you for the great weekend. Thank you for the great vacation Bible school. And Father, I pray now you bless this time. Lord, use the message. Father, bind Satan's powers. And Father, I pray that each one of us would come closer to you this morning. 
And if there's one that's here this morning that's not saved, Lord, I pray they come to know you as their Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Here's the story. Most of us know the story of this. But four friends trying to get their friend to Jesus. And as they went to the house where Jesus was preaching, they knew that they, and when they got there, they could not get into the house. They could not get their friend close enough to Jesus. But they didn't let the obstacle keep, step in their way. They went around, they climbed up on the roof. It says they broke up the roof. They lowered their friend down to Jesus. And that young man, where he couldn't walk before, when he left, he was walking. And Jesus saw their faith. And I want to share some things with you from this passage. And I want you to think of people in your life that you might know that needs Jesus. The first thing I want you to see is this. Everybody knows somebody who needs Jesus. If I was to ask you this morning, if you have a family member that's not saved, what would you say? Most of you would say yes. If you had some friends that are not saved, some of you would say, yes, I know some friends that need Jesus. Maybe your next door neighbor, maybe a co-worker, maybe a fellow student, maybe somebody that you come in contact with all the time, you know somebody that needs Jesus. Every one of us do. Think about that. Let God put those names on your minds this morning as you think, as I preach. Think about who you could tell about Jesus. Everybody knows somebody that needs Jesus. Second thing I want you to see is this. Jesus can help everybody. Jesus can help everybody. There's so many people that we, we get around and we talk to, we never talk to them about Jesus. But I want you to understand, Jesus can help everybody. You know what? He helped me. He helped you. Somewhere along the line, somebody took their precious time to tell you about Jesus. Why don't we take some of our precious time to tell people about Jesus? You know what happens? We get so busy, we get so wrapped up in everything that we do, we don't talk to people about Jesus. When I was in high school, I used to have long hair down on my shoulders. I used to have a full beard. I wore four-inch platform heels. I had 18-inch bell-bottom pants. I dressed like a hippie. I acted like a hippie. All you older folks know what I'm talking about. Don't sit there and look at me like, are you nuts or something? And I was out of homeroom my senior year, and then there's this girl was out of homeroom her, uh, our senior year, and we was in the same homeroom, and when we came back, they put us in the same locker. Usually they didn't happen in the 70s. But they put us in the same locker, and so we made the best of it. I knew that she was there because she was in the band, and her band instrument would be there. She knew that I was there because my gym bag would be in the locker. 
She was dating some nerd in the band. And I was dating some other girls as cheerleaders. And one day I come walking down the hall. And her boyfriend's yelling at her. And I thought, why are you yelling at her? And as I got closer to her, he pushed her. And I said, what are you doing pushing her? He says, this is none of your business. I said, well, you made it my business when you pushed this young lady. So my dad taught me to respect young ladies. So I picked him up, put him in the locker, shut the locker and locked it. And I turned to her and I said, if he thinks we're dating, do you want to go out to eat after the football game on Friday night? She said, sure. So we did. And we started dating. And her dad would always tell me, you have to come to our church. It was an independent fundamental Baptist church in Lexington, Kentucky. And when I would say, can you go out? And he would say, only if her sisters go with you. That was something different. <laughs> I wasn't used to that. And so we dated through high, uh, high, our senior year. I went off to college. She stayed at home, went to college. And we sort of broke up. And she kept asking me, come to church, come to church, come to church. She didn't give up on me. And for a year and a half, I would say, I'll try to make it. I'd lied to her every Sunday. But one day she said, would you come to church for me on Easter Sunday? And I promised her, I said, I'll be there. Sunday morning came, guess what? I didn't go. I lied to her again. But something inside of me said Sunday on, on Sunday afternoon, you promised her you'd come to church. I went to church that Sunday night. I drove 45 minutes so I could go to church, so I could keep my promise to her. I sat in the back of a thousand-seat auditorium next to the exit, so when the preacher said amen, I could escape. For the first time in my life, at the age of 19, I heard a preacher get up and tell me I was a sinner. And tell me, if I died without Jesus, I'd go straight to hell. And that Jesus paid the penalty for our sin. And that he had a gift for us, and that gift was salvation. And all I had to do was accept him. Instead of walking out the back door, I walked down the aisle. And that night I accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior. I'm glad that young lady never gave up on me. I'm so glad that she kept asking and asking and asking and asking and asking. Because I get to thank the Lord every morning for that young lady that never gave up on me. She's been my wife now for 46 years. Folks, listen. There's some people in your life you've asked to come to church as you've given them the gospel 
and you've given up on them. I can tell you now, don't give up on them. Don't give up on them. Don't give up on them. Because it'll click one day. See, everybody knows somebody that needs Jesus. We also know Jesus can help everybody. It can. We've just got to keep doing what we need to do is talking to people about the Lord. The third thing I want you to see is this. Most people who need Jesus won't go to him on their own. Think about it. Do we have people coming through our back doors? Preacher said, I need to get saved. I was just driving by the church and I thought I could come in and get saved. We don't have that. Why do we have to put on community days? Why do we have to run buses? Why do we have to go out and knock on doors? You know why? We've got to go to the people. And we've got to ask the people. What a great way to get people into church and get them on the property is having community days and seeing people saved. You said we had one saved yesterday. Praise the Lord. If one person comes to church and gets saved, it is wonderful to do that. Most people who need Jesus won't go to him on their own. Number four, there will be obstacles. There will be obstacles. As these guys found out when they took their a friend to Jesus, they couldn't get him in the front door. There was obstacles. They didn't turn around and say, we're done. We're just going to leave him lay here. No, they said, we're going to get him to Jesus somehow. We're going to go up on the roof. We're going to open the roof. We're going to break the roof down. We're going to lower him down so he can get to Jesus. Hey, folks, listen. There are going to be obstacles. And we have to come overcome those obstacles. There's some obstacles we have to overcome. How many people can get 15, 20 people in their car? Except the people that own bands. Not too many. You know, great way to get people into church is buses. Going out and getting those bus kids and bus parents on the buses and bringing them in the church. You can put 66 people on a 25 passenger bus. You say, what? I sort of overload buses when I put kids on them. But you know what? I couldn't get that many in my car. But I sure can get them on my van. And I can get them there. A preacher, I went to preacher and I said, Preacher, I want to start picking up adults from the inner city. He says, we don't have buses. I said, can I go buy a couple vans and use them? And he said, go right ahead. So I bought two uh, really junky vans. They was passenger vans and I got people to drive the vans and we picked up and we kept picking up and we ended up, I said, Preacher, I'm out of room. The vans are running twice every morning on Sunday and I don't have a room to get any more people in the vans. And he went out and got me a bus so I could start picking up more adults. Folks, there's ways to overcome the obstacles. You just got to figure it out. 
But most of us, we could run into an obstacle and we say, we can't do it. Think outside the box. We can go around those obstacles. These men did. Number four, five, Jesus honors faith. You know, if you just stay faithful to God and do what God wants you to do, he honors faith. You go out and knock on doors. And you put tracks or door hangers in doors. And you talk to people and you get back and you don't see nobody saved, nobody promises to come to church. And then God sends somebody to church for you. God honors faith. Last year when the pandemic hit, my wife and I and I both determined we was going to keep calling on our bus route. My bus route is divided up in 12 sections. It's been split 12 times. Uh, we call on one part of those routes, and it takes us Thursday, Friday, and Saturday to call on our routes, on that one route. We have to get through it all. And people said, why are you doing it? They can't come to church. I said, they can come to church. All they got to do is get here. And we kept encouraging parents to come to church, come to church, come to church. And you know what happened? They started driving into church. They was excited our church was open and they could come and worship in our church. We went out, we called, we called, we called, we called. We didn't know if anybody was going to come or not. But God rewarded us for our faith. And we have people from our bus routes driving into church now. Folks, people need to see that we have faith in God. Number seven, we can help more people together than we can individually. It's proven yesterday. You know what? You couldn't have put on that family fair without help, without all the people that helped and all the people that give towards that. See, folks, it shows you that we can reach more people with all of us than we can by ourselves. Think about it. If you wasn't involved yesterday or you're not involved in a ministry, get involved in a ministry. God wants to use you. Number eight, there's going to be critics. There are going to be critics. You know what? There are critics in our church. We had, there are. We have a new pastor. He's different from Pastor Willette. He asked me, he said, Brother Mitchell, I'm thinking about painting our wood in our auditorium. He knew that I had stained all that wood in our auditorium. I hate painted wood. <laughs> And he said, I just want to show you 
Would you consider it? And I said, yeah, I'll look at it. He painted some of it, and I said, preacher, I really don't like it. He said, well, give it time to dry and look at it tomorrow. We'll look at it tomorrow. I walked in there the next day. I don't know what kind of paint they used, but it looked terrible. I mean, there were splotches all over it and everything else. And I said, preacher, I don't like it. He said, I don't like it either. (laughs) He said, I'm going to try something different. And he tried something different. Then he asked me, he says, what do you think? And I said, preacher, you know my answer. I still don't like it. And that's where we left it. Guess who's the pastor of our church? Once he decided to do something, guess what? I was behind him 100%. And now I walk in the auditorium and it's painted, the wood's painted, and I'm starting to like it. But I didn't go around telling people that, Pastor, well, let's go to paint the wood. I don't think that's right. No. Once my preacher decided to do something, it was the right thing for me to do is get behind him. And there's sometimes there's people in our church, and I might think there's probably some critics in this church. When your preacher decides to do something, get behind him and encourage him. See, folks, we don't need critics. Critics will destroy a church. There's going to be critics. And then, number nine, the work of God is enhanced by the urgency of the worker. The work of God is enhanced by the urgency of the worker. How urgent is it for you to see somebody saved? Think about it. How urgent is it for you to see somebody saved? Where would you be if somebody hadn't told you about Jesus? How many people do you come in contact with in a week? How many of those people do you talk to? Think about it. Think about it. Who's a mathematician in here? Who can add in their head really quick? Do I have any mathematicians? Who's got a calculator on their phone? (laughs) Somebody got a calculator on their phone? They can add up something really quick? Okay. I want to start right over here with you, so you'll be the first. How many people you come in contact in a week? Outside of our church, probably Okay, put that in. How about your wife? Ten? How many do you come in contact with? How many people do you come in contact with in a week? 
10 or 15. How about you, young lady? How about you? Okay. How about you? You? 15? You? Over here? Couple? Young man, do you see anybody during the week? Five, six, two, one, zero. Speak up. Ten. 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 Five or six. Next. Ten. Ten. Forty. Fifteen. Fifty. One or two. Nobody, okay. How many? Six. You don't talk to nobody during the week? Do you go to the gas station? Do you go to the grocery store? Do you buy food? You don't talk to anybody. Okay. Five. Fifty. Ten. Fifteen. Hundred. Ten. Forty. Fifteen. Any of y'all right here? Do you go to school? Quickly. Fifty? That sounds good. Fifteen? Twenty? Maybe twelve. Twelve? Forty or fifty? Five? Twenty? Ten? Seven? Ten? Twenty? Hundred? Twenty? Back row? Forty? Twenty? Ten? How, where are we at right now? 984 just on this side. We'd probably be close to 2,000 if we got on this side. Let me ask you a very simple question. How many of those people did you talk to about Jesus? Or ask them to come to church? See, folks, God puts so many people in our way every week. How many of them have you asked to come to church or give them the gospel? How urgent is it to see people saved? Think about it. How urgent is it? When I first started out, I asked you to think of people who you could ask or talk to about Jesus. You've thought about them, huh? 
There's a piece of paper somewhere in those pews. Maybe you got it in your paper. Write down their name on that piece of paper for me. How urgent is it to see them saved? Just write them down. In just a minute, we're going to have an invitation. I'm going to ask you to stand with your head bowed and your eyes closed. And very simply, all I want you to do, I'm going to ask Brother Henry to stand down here. If you wrote their names down on a piece of paper, or if you didn't, you got to come down here and tell them the names so we can pray for him. How urgent is it for you to see somebody saved? If you're here this morning and you do not know Jesus as your Savior, it's very simple. When we have the invitation, just walk down here and talk to Brother Henry. He will have somebody show you from the Bible how to get saved. With your head bowed and your eyes closed, would you please stand to your feet? Do I have a... Yep. As the music plays... Would you come as a music plays? How urgent is it for you to see people saved? Somewhere in those minds of yours, you know some names. What's keeping you from asking them about Jesus? What's keeping you from telling them about Jesus? Is it a relative that needs to get saved? Would you come down here and talk to Brother Henry? Is it a schoolmate? Is it a co-worker? Is it your neighbor? You know what? The fear of stepping out and saying, Pastor Henry, I need to talk to somebody about Jesus. What's keeping you from telling people about Jesus? How urgent is it for you? Urgent.